movie marks. All right, let's see what we got here. Oh, Jesus, there's a ton of options. Oh, man. I remember when there was just one type. All right, let's see what we got. Regular stealth, diet stealth, zero <laughs> sugar stealth, cherry stealth, Baja stealth, limited edition My Way stealth by Limp Biscuit. Oh, I don't want that. Tropical stealth, Dr. Stealth, Mountain stealth, Crystal stealth, and oh, wait, let me move that bottle. There it is. Ah, the one we're looking for. Where are the movie marks? And today we're grappling with Active Stealth, starring one of the pillars of our show. Terry Funk. <laughs> Welcome to the Movie Marks, the podcast where we discuss movies starring professional wrestlers who act like amateurs. I'm Chris Sacco, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the Marty Gennetti to my Leaf Cassidy, Chris Kramer. Ooh. Ooh. Wow, thank you for... I don't know if I should thank you, actually, now that I think about it. Marty Gennetti's a, a giant problem <laughs> yeah i i was never going to give myself Janetti. as a kid though i was a huge Janetti mark i loved Janetti. i had the hasbro toys Janetti was always my world champion loved it oh man were you, you really thought he was going to get his uh his revenge on sean no no his his time was already long gone by the time i was pushing him <laughs> i just maybe i just like the toy i don't know and what's your opinion on leaf cassidy then <laughs> uh my opinion is we're going to be seeing a lot of leaf cassidy at some point for some reason we've been avoiding the al snow filmography but it's coming. It's definitely <laughs> yes, coming. He's that. That's right. Filmography. He's one of the most prolific wrestling actors. We just we've just been dodging him for some reason. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we'll find out why soon. Yeah, pretty soon. Um, before we get to today's um, inactive film, active stealth, <laughs> uh, we we have some listener feedback into the movie marks toll free hotline. Kramer, do you remember the uh, the sort of romantic? thriller inconceivable we covered a few months uh, back i do and calling it romantic is a choice <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah that's the first word that came to mind i i, I immediately regret saying that um anyway we we got in a, a correspondence about it they did not put a name on it so i could as always i could just reveal their email but i, I don't do that so, so it's gonna... gina.gershon at gmail <laughs> uh so gina wrote in and <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel like watching the whole movie. Good call. But I did watch that last scene at the hospital and almost wet myself when they locked the bad lady out of the nursery. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which is true. We highlighted that on our episode. It's it's they, they play a trick on this clearly unstable woman <laughs> where Nicolas Cage locks her out of the nursery and they taunt her. It's it's yeah. which is great, too, because if you know how a nursery is, they're just locking themselves in a room and she's able to run away. <laughs> right. Yeah. But instead she bangs on the glass. It's her her jiggling that nursery handle is one of the things I'll remember most fondly after our podcast gets canceled. <laughs> uh, man, we're working on that, too. <laughs> yeah, we're it's it's always uh, it's always in a state of flux. <laughs> All righty, Kramer. So it is now time for. 1999's maybe direct to video. I don't even know what this was movie. It's I know it, it starts with a film rise, and whenever I see film rise, I know it's going to be good. Yeah, it. This is active stealth. It's uh, yeah, like you said, the uh, the uh, production company logo is like three weird gladiators that look like they were on like the like rendered in the style of the old Dune 
or uh, the old Doom video game. Yeah, yeah. This movie is directed by Fred Olin Ray, one of our favorites, Kramer, because oh, he directed yes. what film? Uh, which one? Because <laughs> I have many. He's directed many films. Oh, but he directed one of our favorite films of all time. Oh God, I already forgot what was it. What I block? What I block out? Kramer, mom, can I keep her? That was him. That's him. <laughs> oh, that's that was like his perfect work then. Uh, yeah. So he's clearly got a thing for Terry Funk. Yes, he does. Well, I looked him up. He was a wrestler at some point. Yes, he was. This guy's clearly a mark to the extreme. That there's always wrestling jokes in his movies. Obviously, he works with wrestlers. He did direct the film Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. Yeah, a lot of them are. It's it's he's he's directed. I mean, it's got to be over what two three hundred movies. It's just as endless on his IMDb, and a, and they're split into a bunch of categories. He has a few weird family movies, which we've covered. He's got these sort of generic, bland action things, and then he has a whole subdivision of like Cinemax stuff. He is the king of any movie that starts with the word bikini and then inserts a profession after it. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we did not get one of those today, although I'm sure there is a movie called B- Bikini Active Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Bikini stealth. <laughs> so uh, the movie starts with our classic low budget text credits, which I always love, where it's just like black screen with white credits and they, they go on for seven or eight minutes. <laughs> love that. Love that. Real ready to get the crowd pumped up for your film. Yeah, and it goes well with a Casio keyboard score. The music in this one is is just <laughs> shocking. Our movie proper opens with a few military guys sort of running around an empty village somewhere. This is the worst cast group of soldiers I've ever seen in my life in a film. They definitely are. It's okay. How, how am I going to describe this? I I, I got you. It, they okay. look like, they look like no ma'am from uh, married with children. <laughs> oh boy. That is a great description. Okay. So uh, no, I'm going to, I'm going to try it too. That that's the better description. Just, just full disclosure. But I'm, I was going to say, they're like the uh, ragtag group of soldiers in the first Wonder Woman movie. <laughs> they are. <laughs> but without personality. That's what I was going to say. But but yours is better. Yours is better. They definitely are no ma'am. Um, they, they're they like just wandering around this deserted village. There's no setup. I didn't bother to track any of these people's names. Most of them are in the entire movie, but I just they're just random people. I assigned everyone their own names in my head. Nothing that they used. One of them I referred to as Bruno Kirby. <laughs> okay, uh, listeners, you can try and figure out which character that is and uh, enter to win a, a free trip to the Movie Mark Studios, I guess. <laughs> so they're just, we don't know what they're doing. They're looking, there's no one in this village. It's empty, and they're just looking at every building. In one of the buildings, they find a hand, I think. <laughs> don't know what that was about there's just like a silhouette of a hand sticking up and the soldiers are just kind of like staring at it don't know why that's there inside one of the buildings they discover the star of our film daniel baldwin tied to kind of the ceiling he's playing a character named captain murphy and he's tied up with another soldier and i believe a congressman yes the congressman that is just sitting on the floor shaking Yes, he, he didn't even bother to tie that guy up. So these, these four soldiers rescue their captain. And I don't know why the village was deserted if they had these prisoners there. Like, there is no one in this. Like, there's nothing in this village. It's just empty buildings. <laughs> 
but then as soon as they cut them free, all the bad guys start running out at them. Yeah, so yeah, they they all appear like the Putty Patrol in Power Rangers. They're just like jumping out of corners, <laughs> like they've been there the entire time. It's funny you mention them all appearing as though they're the Putty Patrol because. All of the bad guy extras in this were clearly given the same costumes. <laughs> They're all wearing just bland tan sweatpants and a t-shirt, basically. And it's just hilarious that they just recycle them in every scene. So you get killed, you're coming back next scene, we're going to kill you again. Yeah, it's like playing a video game. Uh, along with Captain Murphy is uh, Colonel Reynolds, who's played by Fred Williamson. He's your other, I guess, actor of note in this film. They, they were tied up together. They, uh, there's a gunfight. The The big bad of the movie is revealed. He's just kind of lurking in the background. He has a character named Salvatore, played by Joe Lala, who's actually a musician. Okay. He does play piano at one point in this movie. Yes, he is. That's what he's most known for. I thought, and this is, this is a deep cut. I don't think anyone's going to even get this. When he walked out, I thought he was um, one of the Brady Bunch kids. He looks like, uh, what's the oldest one? Greg. He looks like Greg Brady grown up. That's what Greg Brady looks like. What? This you is an incredibly. He like Greg Brady? This is an incredibly deep cut reference. I'm, I'm probably going to have to put it on the Instagram just to just to make. <laughs> just so everyone could wonder what you're talking about? Yeah, it was wild. I was like, holy shit, is that Greg Brady? But no, it's not. It's it's Joel Lala playing Salvatore. Um, th- there's, a, there's a lengthy shootout. All of these shootouts in these movies are boring. In this movie, are boring, long, and accomplish nothing. They are comically bad sometimes. Like they, they didn't even teach these guys how to shoot guns. Some of them are just blindly like whipping their guns around in the air, shooting. Right. These are supposed to be military men by and large, and they do not even appear to know how to hold the weapons at times. Um, we do get a glimpse of uh, the star of our movie, Terry Funk. He's he's just kind of in the background shooting. So I was I was immediately worried that this was going to be a Sergeant Slaughter situation and that was going to be his only appearance. But <laughs> he's wearing a nice like summer hat too. Like he's at the beach. Yeah, it's it's a net. It's, so it's not a cowboy hat. It's like a netted. Uh, it's something you can take into a pool. I thought a hundred percent he wasn't even on set because it looked like he wasn't even remotely near anyone else. Like he was just filming this at the Double Cross Ranch. <laughs> this shot, yes, but I'm assuming they just wanted to make sure you got you got your funk early and you got your funk often. Uh, <laughs> that's a t-shirt. <laughs> funk early, funk often. Hey, we could put we could bundle it with the uh, Gorilla Tears mug from his other movie. Ooh, yes. The uh, Fred Olin Ray collection. During the shootout, the bad guys are all taking bumps like off buildings. You know, they're throwing themselves off after they get shot, and they're all so cheesy looking. Like, they're the lowest common denominator of this style of shootout action. Yeah, it's that thing where everyone's running away from an explosion that then launches them over barrels. Yeah. Uh, I should also point out that this movie is painfully 100 minutes long, and there is no plot and basically only two types of scenes, and it is painful to sit through. I, I'm just going to say this at the front so that everyone is aware of what we went through for you, the listener. Yeah, and I watched it on Tubi, so I had ads inserted, which even drew it out more. Well, you know, that was your own mistake for going to Tubi. I watched it on YouTube, which didn't have ads, might have been lower quality, and had the curses bleeped for some reason, which I found strange. <laughs> oh, was this, a, you were watching the TV edit of Active Stealth? <laughs> I, I'm assuming I was, because it wasn't, you know, usually you can tell if they're, you know, dropping the, the you know, they're saying fuck and they're bleeping it. You know, so it was just very strange how they were they were selectively 
uh, the, the uh, our team escapes with the congressman. They uh, they do leave behind one of their comrades, who who kind of sacrificed himself so they could get away, and they get on a helicopter and they fly away. Now we have a time jump to one year later. We're at uh, Murphy's house, and he's still coping with bad dreams. He wakes up and he's talking to his wife and reveals to her that he can't do military stuff anymore. And instead, he might try pro wrestling. <laughs> so now if I'm fired up. If, if that's where this movie actually went, I would have been thrilled. 100%. I would have been locked in. <laughs> I was fired up that we were going to once again get some kind of tag team, reverse tag team, bad guy situation where this ex-army ranger becomes a pro wrestler. Goes by the name oh. Active Stealth. I would have loved it. Oh, that'd been great. And he has like uh like a camouflage mask and oh, uh, that's... like camouflage long tights, because you're not getting Daniel Baldwin in, in little tights. Sorry. <laughs> oh. Don't don't besmirch the the Baldwin. <laughs> this is your third third level of Baldwin. <laughs> so it it turns out he he's I, I, I don't know I don't know what his job I mean he's an ar- they're army rangers but I don't know what he's doing he's still in the military <laughs> he's still in the military and also there's a lot of so, so our next scene is is a basically a Top Gun ripoff scene where he's sort of directing um you know jets in the air and they're doing a training exercise so I don't is that an army ranger thing do I just not know enough about the military um, I thought that was I a different thing I don't know it doesn't sound like they know much about the military either when they were making this movie. <laughs> Right, because Top Gun is he's a, he's a Navy pilot. Am I wrong about that? Well, yeah, and they even go then to the Navy later on to use their planes. So I don't know what is happening. Right, yeah, it's all very confusing. But anyway, it's I looked up how this movie was made, which is fascinating to me. It used a bunch of clips from other movies, which I legitimately did not know you can do. It just like bought clips of other movies. So all of this jet fighter stuff is just from other movies, which is fascinating. I, that makes sense because this movie did not have a budget to actually have a plane in it. Right, because the jet fighting stuff actually, it's not interesting, but it looks pretty, I mean, they got jets up there, right? They do have jets, that's true. Not their jets, though. Someone no. else paid for those jets. <laughs> yeah. So it's some um, cheap Top Gun ripoff. There's there's two guys in cockpits yelling at each other. They're being, you know, toxic masculinity is, is running rampant in this scene. And there's one woman character who, like, works at the base but she never says anything. She just kind of looks disapprovingly. And then Murphy tells the guys to settle down. It's all very cheesy. Colonel Reynolds informs Murphy that they're going to lead some stealth mission into where they were a year ago to stop Salvatore's drug operation, which I don't think would be an, uh, the role of a ranger. And while they're there, they can pick up that hostage guy who didn't die and is still being tortured there to this day. Yes, they left him behind. He's been there for a year being tortured by drug kingpins. <laughs> right. I don't know why the Army Rangers would be involved in this on any level, but fine. No, this is low, low on the uh, Army Rangers responsibility list, I think. Correct. So um, we get some team building. Murphy has a party at his house, which looks like a frat party. It's all very weird. Like, I don't know why these like men in their 40s are doing this before a mission. Like, this like... <laughs> it's like beer pong set up and it's so stupid uh, there's a character named Hollywood who's kind of like your brash rookie guy and he wears shirts that say Hollywood on them which is funny <laughs> his last name is Hogan <laughs> better movie better movie They uh, Murphy and Hollywood get into a really uncomfortable argument 
over nothing, it seems. But it's it's this is all your standard team building stuff. There's the one guy that no one really likes, but he's still part of the team. He's he's our brother anyway, and and so on. It's all terribly uninteresting. And again, I don't know any of these characters' names except for Hollywood, so who cares? And Bruno Kirby. We cut back to Salvatore, who is doing evil stuff. Um, here we meet Terry Funk officially. His name is Morgan. Okay. All the names in this are the most generic names you could have chosen. They're all first draft names. Yeah, it's 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 the sign of a great script when everyone's <laughs> name is either you know Smith or Murphy or Johnson or Reynolds or Morgan. I love that this, too. That this South American drug lord decided that a fifty-five-year-old man was the best choice to head his security team. They actually, shockingly, they address that later in this movie. This movie of all movies <laughs> decides to address why loyalties are where they are. It's really weird. <laughs> um, we cut back to our military guys, and now it's introduced. Uh, Murphy's talking to his team about their mission into the Central America, and he reveals that a new active stealth technology will be used. He said the thing, Kramer. He said the thing. Also, seems like overkill to go against a drug lord with a stealth plane. Yes, this turns out to be part of the plot in a dumb way. Does it though? It, it does. does. It, though? No, no, it it there's, does. It's there's it's... not enough stealthing in this movie. No, 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 no. You're 100 percent right about that. But the reason <laughs> they're bringing the stealth plane becomes part of the plot. It's very stupid. But yes, there is no stealthing, and we're going to talk about that too. <laughs> the night before the mission, Murphy goes home and more stuff with his wife. They're talking. I don't know why this character development is totally needless. But basically, they they learn that they can't have children. And then they make jokes about how she's going to sleep with every man Murphy knows to cope with this sadness. That was so uncomfortable to watch. I, I don't know why it was in this movie. I don't know why it's in any movie. Is this funny? Do people do this? It's very weird. Uh, this is our second film about the struggles of conception. That's true. I didn't even realize that. We just talked about it in the open. Inconceivable. Also <laughs> yep. also about that. So uh, so synergy. Synergy, everyone. Um, we get our uh, our military takeoff scene. Again, they must have paid a lot of money for this stock footage because this takeoff scene goes on for what felt like an eternity. Oh, it does. And I love it, though, because it intercuts the footage they paid for, you know, of actual planes doing actual plane stuff, and it cuts it with... Guys sitting against a blue screen with a smoke machine blowing in their face. <laughs> yeah, all the pilot stuff is uh, is like clearly they just had one cockpit set and then they just had the guy come in and yell, all right, take off. Oh, no, don't take off, you know, and just, and just edit all together. After this takeoff scene, which, again, takes forever and it's just them yelling, oh, T-minus six, T-minus, you know, it's all the stuff. We go back to our bad guy village where now there are hostages vaguely again another plot point not really developed for some reason this guy has hostages and that's part of their mission too i don't really understand it one of the hostages is like carrying i don't know a bowl of water or something and drops it and then one of the bad guys kills the hostage to which salvatore says we are not butchers how dare you do that and then he has morgan kill that bad guy so i don't know what we're setting up here but <laughs> so is Salvatore a, a good bad guy? Is he a, a worse bad guy? Because I don't know what's happening. That's the thing with the Salvatore character is like he's your your main bad guy. But also they give him like, I wouldn't say redeeming qualities, but he's not that bad sometimes. He's the most fully developed character in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> for no reason. He does not need to be. I mean, I guess they figured, you know, we're paying uh, one of the Brady Bunch kids' salaries. We might as well use him. He looks nothing like one of the Brady Bunch kids. I'm, I am I can't wait to put this on the Instagram. I'm telling you, man. It blew my mind. I could not see Greg. While they're starting their mission, the active tel- stealth team uh, goes in the air. They have some dog fights with... I don't know who they're having dog fights with. These are not training. Some people are actually attacking them. Um, they're okay. Like we said, they're filmed from a different movie, so I guess that movie was better. We should have watched that. <laughs> But was not it a in whole the credits. Which movie those were from? That would be no, great. it was on the IMDb. There's like four movies that it pulled stuff from, which is amazing. But not a whole lot happens. It's a lot of oh, I'm behind him. Now he's behind me. Stuff. They a pl- one of their planes does get shot down, but both of the crew are able to eject and they land somewhere nearby where the team was going anyway. So you know, it's just an easier exit, I guess. <laughs> As always, I did not know what either of these characters' names were. Here's the point in the film when I decided that Active Stealth was not a great name for this movie. They were they got into a, a dogfight so that Active Stealth is not doing great. Half their team <laughs> is split up and they get discovered pretty quickly. And just in general, it's kind of a dumb name. So <laughs> I mean, they thought it was a good name. I, I was this what's funny about this too is like I, I remember being a kid. And the, the creation of the stealth plane was a big deal. Like, it was in the news. G.I. Joe got to make one for the toys. And this movie takes place 15, 20 years after that was a big deal. I also don't... I mean, okay, fine. We can spoil the plot if you want. It turns out that Salvatore wanted this active stealth technology. Right? This is some kind of plan. He He's glad they came because he wants to steal the plane. But why? What is he going to do with a stealth bomber? He's a drug kingpin. He's going to deliver drugs via stealth. <laughs> you know what it is? It's like, it's like they got the stock footage first and then decided, let's make a movie around it. That doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's so like it's they, almost like an, an Ed Wood situation. Right. Like, like oh, what we can have, we do we, with what we got? <laughs> we have fake Top Gun stuff, and we somehow have the set from Boone the Bounty Hunter where it's that vague, <laughs> you know, Central American village. How can we make these two things make sense even though they don't? Well, you know what? It's our job to make it make sense. Well, I, I, I feel like I'm failing because I am now more confused than when I was watching it. Uh, well, you'll, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely clear it up when we get to the part of the film where I just gave up and stopped watching. <laughs> Oh, I'm excited for that. Um, so after this this brief uh, sky fight, we see Salvatore at home. He's kind of playing the character, this Joe Lala guy. He's playing the character, kind of like a, uh, I don't know, I don't know, like a kind villain. Like he's very ca- calm and mannered. He doesn't fly off the handle. He treats his uh, his staff and his house nice. So he's he's uh, sitting at a table eating. And Terry Funk is there saying that, oh, yeah, we, we the military guys are coming. We found them on radar or whatever the hell he said. And here's which, where we get... Which shouldn't happen with active stealth. Right. It, I mean, <laughs> what are we talking about here? And uh, then Salvatore asks him, why are you loyal to me? Which seems like a trap. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if I was uh, Morgan, I'd be running in the other direction because that, that feels like last words. Basically, Morgan gives the reason that uh, because his checks don't bounce. So we get to see Terry Funk do some line reading. He's he's very wooden in this one. Uh, a few bad guys, again, Putty Patrol dressed. 
find the two crew that had landed in the jungle. They get into a fight. It's whatever. The, the crew wins. They're able to take some weapons. Fine. Now we get Morgan and Salvatore continuing to torture the soldier, whose name is Riff, from the last year's mission that they've had this whole time. And Kramer, I don't know exactly what they're doing, but are they literally taking handfuls of salt and rubbing it into his wounds? Is that what they're doing? That is what I thought it was, yes. I have never seen that in the movie. That's actually a brilliant torture strategy. Yeah. Because, like, he's tied up by the wrist, and his wrists are all bleeding from, like, the rope burns, I guess. And they're just grinding handfuls of salt into his wrists. Which is just wild. I've, I've never considered that as a torture option. I'm going to write that one down. All right, so active stealth teached us something today. <laughs> Taught, teached, whatever. <laughs> the uh, our, our, our active stealth team, the rest of them, come upon this scene where the uh, salt is being rubbed in. And there's another shootout, so it's more just random shooting. I do love, though, that this is the scene where we see that machine guns can cause random explosions in buildings. <laughs> buildings that are made of just solid, like, you know, clay. They're not yeah. even, like, there's no gas tanks. It's just clay buildings exploding. Right, like, they'll just shoot a machine gun out a window, and then the window will explode. It's It's wild, like... It doesn't even make sense. They don't even bother, like, in uh, The Condemned, they have that random thing where, like, oh, look, there's dynamite down here. They didn't even bother doing that. It is stupid, but in a a little way, I appreciate it because it's not like some of the more recent action movies we've watched where it's all CGI. I appreciate we were actually blowing things up in this movie. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I guess the little little small uh, controlled explosions are fun. That's definitely (laughs) a relic of 90s action movies. Though. Yeah, just blowing things up. Yeah. Anything could blow up at any time. In the nineties, everything was made of gasoline. Right. And it could be and it would explode after one bullet, which also <laughs> probably would not happen. <laughs> During this shootout, Salvatore and Morgan uh, run out of um, the house, and Salvatore says to him, I wasn't expecting this. To which Morgan replies, Well, what were you expecting? And seriously, what was he expecting? <laughs> I mean, Morgan just told him in the last scene they were here. Right. I mean, what were you you were expecting them to just walk in? What are you talking about? <laughs> now there's there's a confusing, uh, confusing subplot that develops that I don't really even know how to talk about it. But the two guys who had been separated from the team bump into a woman with a machine gun who ultimately decides to help them. And I guess she's a freedom fighter because Salvatore is also like the overlord of this village as well, which was never explained. Yeah, and she's a freedom fighter um, with her team of freedom fighters, which consists of her son, who <laughs> yes. is six years yes, old. Yes. And that's it. <laughs> we don't see any... I mean, I guess these are the hostages that they were talking about, but we don't see anyone else who's actually fighting. We just see her. Her name is Maria, and she's played by Lisa Vidal, who's a, a fairly well-known actress to this day. She pops up on TV a lot. The The son, as you said, is her only companion, and he is traumatized because he's been dealing with this war, I guess, since he was a boy. His father was part of, was also a freedom fighter, and he was killed by Salvatore at some point in the past. Again, needless backstory, she, Maria herself is not even really that much of a character. She does help, but not a whole lot. No, she barely has any lines. Kramer, uh, the, the next plot development we have is me thinking how boring this movie is. 
and that well, we still have a whopping 44 minutes left to go. Well, I mean, listener, we have not even talked about Daniel Baldwin in a while, and no. he is the lead of this film. That's, That's how correct. this is going. You know what doesn't help, too, since this is Daniel Baldwin and all the Baldwins act the same? Most of his lines are whispered, and I could not hear him. It's it's funny you say that. I wonder if that was a Tubi problem. <laughs> okay, <laughs> not, I couldn't hear that man at all. Not that I, I want to besmirch uh, the, the Tubi, but he was not... I mean, yes, he all the Baldwins talk in that sort of like raspy whisper thing, but the good news is that he does not have a whole lot of dialogue. But he's the lead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nominally he's the lead. I would argue that... Salvatore is the is the bigger <laughs> the hero lead. of our film. <laughs> yes. So so this team is just shooting their way through this village. Uh they the battle subsides. Um the team sort of retreats. They they're all together now. They they retreat to sort of a I don't know, a, a shack or something to regroup before they do the final assault on Salvatore, which again, I don't really know why they're involved in this, but sure. The uh, Murphy bonds with the son who also doesn't speak because of uh, his post-traumatic stress. And they bond over, I don't know, like like just because they're sitting near each other and they like the way they hold a fork. It was a really dumb scene. It, it actually was the scene from Jaws where he has dinner with his son, where the <laughs> child is just mimicking him. Yes, that's what it is. They're, they're getting ready for battle. They're all handing out weapons. The son, uh, the kid wants a weapon as well. And, of course, that would be ridiculous to give the kid a weapon. Uh, so Murphy walks over and hands him a gigantic Rambo knife. Which, <laughs> that seems like a terrible idea. <laughs> well, you didn't see it, but in the deleted scene, he also taught him active stealth. <laughs> the, uh, the mother is totally okay with it as well, which also seems weird. Uh, and our next scene is yet another shootout because that's all that we have now. We just have shootouts on repeat for basically the remainder of this film. Which is another 40 minutes. Yeah. Uh, more shooting out. The uh, they've, they've rescued Riff, the, the soldier from the previous year. He's now part of the team again, and he's now on their side in this shootout. Shootout goes on forever. Same stuff. People flying all over the place. Until finally Morgan is able to grab one of the military guys and hold him hostage. Now, I don't want to make a huge deal about this, but if this was a military operation, they would not stop attacking. First of all, Morgan would never do this. It's ridiculous that he would take a, 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 a grown person hostage like this in the middle of a huge firefight. But the military would not stop shooting either. That's part of the mission. You would, you would you know, figure out how to stop him. But Well, it's your, it's your standard... Uh action movie military team that plays fast and loose. Sure. But but our, our leader of this mission, Murphy, decides, you know what, I'm not sacrificing that man. So he tells everyone to lay down their weapons. They all surrender. And then Riff, the POW, does a heel turn. What? Turns out he's with the bad guys. Good job, Riff. So he's working with Morgan, which really makes you question, why the hell were they rubbing salt in his wounds earlier? Well, this was all part of their plan. But you could have just had him tied up, right? Well, you could have, yeah, but they were selling it. Or, or, yeah, but how about then doing, how about doing, like, worked or, or a gimmick salt so it didn't really burn? They really hurt him because they ask him later, how are your wrists? He's like, that hurt. Why, why were you doing that? <laughs> I just, also, this man has been kidnapped for the past year, so, like, was this just a year-long negotiation for him to join the bad guys? How did this actually work out? It's revealed that he he's doing it for money, but I, I, 
you know, in something like, I don't know, Homeland or something, they show you that they're sort of they sort of become indoctrinated. And, you know, it's a you know, it's got whatever the Stockholm syndrome where they, you know, you start to rely on your captors and all that. This guy, I'm pretty sure that after his team left him, like five minutes later, he was like, look, I'll do whatever you want for money. Yeah, those guys left. Those guys were a bunch of dicks. Like, what are we doing here? It also doesn't make sense just from a, a long term planning perspective. Why would they keep the why would they want to turn this guy? Did they know they were coming back a year later? Because all of this seemed to come. I don't know. It's very confusing. Well, they knew they were coming back a year later and that with them was coming active stealth, which <laughs> they needed for their active stealth drug business. <laughs> That's actually a more interesting movie. Uh, a, a, a drug business that uses stealth technology. That's actually kind of interesting. I'd watch that. Uh, in our next scene, the kid gets shot. Jeez, that that <laughs> did not see that coming. He's okay, though, because there's a medic on this team that only periodically acts as a medic. Like, he'll just pop in, like, hey, Doc, and he's got Band-Aids. Like, I don't know. What is he doing the rest of the movie? Um, The good guys only get shot in their shoulders. The good guys get shot, like, four or five times, and it's always in the shoulder. It's great. Yeah, it's a bunch of them all holding their shoulders. Yeah, it looks great. silly. Yes. Uh, so the kid's okay because he got shot in his shoulder and there's a Band-Aid. And now things get pretty confusing. There's a phone call between Salvatore and Colonel Reynolds, who is Fred Williamson. Back, you know, in America somewhere, I guess. And it turns out the colonel is also a bad guy. So was he working with them when he was a hostage? Is this how this guy's, like, business structure is? Is to convert hostages? Right. So, or was that also a work even back then? I don't know. It's And it's it, it, this is filled in the rest of the movie, but at this point, it's just like they're on the phone together and they're kind of talking shadily. And we're supposed to, I guess, assume that that means he's evil. I don't know. Yep. Also, this is where I started to drift out because, spoiler, at the end of this film, I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> well, Kramer, that is why I'm here to, to let you and the <laughs> listeners know what was happening. I'm just kidding. I didn't know what was happening either. Anyway, so the, the plan was apparently Salvatore wanted this stealth plane. Don't know why. And... Reynolds made up this fake mission to go stop Salvatore just to get him access to the stealth plane. So I don't know the type of red tape he would have to cut through to get this approved, but it feels like there would have been an easier way than to like also include this entire team. Right. So then just park Reynolds... it somewhere and leave the keys in it. Wouldn't that make more sense? Yeah. So then did Reynolds know that this host other hostage was also in on it? Oh, that's a good point. That's I guess he would have to, right? Yeah. This is, there's a lot, there's too many things going on for active stealth. Yeah, whatever. So after, <laughs> after he hangs up the phone, Salvatore is talking to Morgan and says, well, we just need to find out where the plane is because the, the, our stealth team parked it. <laughs> so <laughs> they, they parked it like behind the bush, like in Back to the Future and put a tree in front of it behind that billboard so no one can find it, I guess. That's that's the type of stealth they're doing. They didn't hit a button <laughs> to make it active stealth. It's actually passive stealth. They're just laying like stuff over it, basically. <laughs> they put a hat and sunglasses on it. No one can notice. No one notices it. Yeah, the movie explains it. Like there's there's all these abandoned runways near this village and they picked a random one. That's how it's hidden, but it's stupid. But anyway, they need to figure that out. So Salvatore tells Morgan that we have to start torturing the military guys. And there's like other hostages. And he tells Morgan to go kill Riff. So now we're getting a double double cross. 
where Riff is going to also be turn killed even though he turned and helped the bad guys. Whatever. <laughs> They're locked in a jail cell, uh, our, our team, and the uh, the bad guys kill one of their team to show that they mean business. Uh, Murphy and Riff get into an argument where Murphy tells Riff he's he makes him sif- sick and Riff says, I'm going to be rich, leave me alone. Then Murphy and one of the other unnamed soldiers do that hidden ball game with with uh, solo cups that they had for some reason in this prison. <laughs> and it's a hidden ball game with two cups. The yeah. Least, it's a 50-50 game. Yeah, and it's a callback to the party, which they were playing this earlier in the movie, but who cares? But they're doing this, and the idiot guard... This guy is the worst guard ever. <laughs> he becomes, like, obsessed with figuring out... <laughs> What which cup has the penny in it? So he becomes like preoccupied, like he's lowering his guard. He's not even holding the gun anymore. It actually no. felt like a Family Guy cutaway. That's how cheesy this was. <laughs> he completely abandons his entire job. He lets himself into the cell to look closer. Yeah, it's it's just it's ridiculous. And and, and furthermore, they're not even good at the ball. They're not moving fast. It's like they're just moving it. It's so it's the worst scene, and much like the takeoff scene earlier, goes on forever. Oh, it goes on forever. We watched them do it like six times, like to yep. to and really work and, him over. And it's great because Daniel Baldwin is selling it like it's a wow. Can you believe that? You got to come in here and see this. Yeah, it's uh, and it's the best performance uh, scene of the film for him by far, too, which is sad. <laughs> so this guard goes in, and then. He demands to see the inside of the cup, which is not something you would do if you think the game is rigged. Definitely wouldn't do that. And the the other soldier says, oh, you're going to have to look really close. You're going to have to look really close at the cup. And he basically puts the cup in front of the guy's nose <laughs> and then shoots him with one of those spring-loaded guns on his wrist, which I don't think the military would even have those, but sure. No, the only person that owns those is someone cheating at cards in a Western movie. <laughs> right, or or maybe one of, like, the uh, <laughs> the Assassin's Creed spinoffs that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, also, they didn't pat him down, like, hey, he's got this really bulky metal thing on his wrist, but, ah, get him in there. It's just, it's all very stupid. So so they take that guy out. Then Riff comes into the, the prison, and Murphy, again, yelling at Riff. And now... Riff does the double, double, double cross and helps the good guys again. It turns out he was working with the bad guys, but only so that he could help the good guys who he was actually always working with the whole time. And here's my problem with this. Daniel Baldwin is like, oh, that was a great plan. <laughs> um, It did cost them one of their men died because of this plan. Yeah, they're... The truth is that... And they Mur- don't care about that guy that died at all. No, they never mention him again. Um, Murphy does seem still pissed off at Riff for the rest of the movie, to be honest. But he also is kind of sort of okay with it. It doesn't make... There's no way that that was actually Riff's plan. Like, Riff is a fascinating character. I want to know more about him because I'm pretty sure he was actually a turncoat. 
and then he overheard Morgan saying, I'm coming to kill you, and then was like, shit, I better turn back. <laughs> Ooh, so like like a really solid 80s heel manager kind of thing. Right. I, I have to imagine he was just going wherever the, whatever was going to get him out alive at that point, which I don't blame him. Yeah. Uh, just so you know, when this swerve happened, my next note was, I don't care. So let's see where <laughs> this goes after this. <laughs> well, Kramer, there's still 20 minutes left, because that was my next oh. note. <laughs> The the next basically the next twenty minutes are just a long extended shootout across various terrain. Our good guys are leaving the prison. They're they're meeting up with the team that was broken off that had Maria and her son. They all kind of come together at once. There's there's a subplot that we do not care about where that guy Hollywood who got into the fight with Murph at his party is like, well, what would Murph do in this situation? So he's kind of finally understanding that this is the proper way to do military stuff. I guess I don't know. It's all the proper way to do military. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, so there, there, another shootout in this village again. It's dumb. We do get to see Morgan board a helicopter, so we get Terry Funk in a in a helicopter, which is great. Yep. The helicopter has missiles. Great. Don't know why the drug kingpin would have this. <laughs> There's uh, one of one of the side characters who, I guess, was our comic relief for the movie. He gets like shot like thirty times by uh, Terry Funk. In this helicopter. Rest in peace, Bruno Kirby. With his last breath, that soldier shoots down the helicopter. I guess hits one of the missiles because the helicopter explodes, of course. <laughs> and uh, that's the end of Terry Funk in our film. He, We get a great reaction shot of, oh, no, I'm about to explode. And then he explodes. <laughs> and, of course, it's Terry Funk, so we assume he lives to make it to the second film. Oh, well, of course. I mean, he th- that guy will never stay retired, even from death, so... <laughs> They, they they win the battle, so they've sort of taken the village, and uh, everyone's excited, and, the, the, you know, whatever, everyone's everyone's pumped up. Maria's talking to Murphy about how, you know, take us, take, you know, us with you, we, we can do more good, whatever. And then she gets killed out of nowhere. That was surprising. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. There's just a gunshot, and then she is dead. Um, and this, of course, is setting up the obvious face-off style uh, adoption kidnapping. kidnapping. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> which we've talked about in our show in the past, where <laughs> where that kid is going to be taken in by Murphy, obviously. Yeah, you just get to keep children you find in these movies. That's right. So, so we're glossing this list. Final shootout is is really boring, so that's why I'm not spending too much time on it. But the entire team gets wiped out, which is shocking. In this final scene, basically the body count is very low for the good guys, the whole movie. And then this final scene, all of them get killed except for Murphy and Hollywood, basically Murphy, Hollywood and Murphy's new child. (laughs) That's right. Um, Riff gets killed and no one cares about that either because he also helps them. So I love that his redemption arc is prisoner of war, sellout, double sellout, dead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's his character arc. Um, and of course, Kramer, the movie is still not over because now they have to get into the active stealth bomber to escape. So it's just the three of them. It's the kid, Murphy, and Hollywood. They get in. Um, Hollywood's flying. Murph is not, Murphy is not trained on how to use the weapons. And Hollywood says, oh, it's just like a video game. Great. So I'm glad that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's what this is. Also, Murphy, not the kind of guy that would be playing video games. Right, so I don't right. think that really helped. He's in his 40s, and he, like, he has to put on like this like headset. doesn't look like he's ever put goggles on before. It's all very stupid. This movie is called Active Stealth, and then they go to turn on the Active Stealth, and it doesn't fucking work. 
like, what the f- stealth. This is the climax of the movie. You've been talking about this goddamn fancy active stealth the whole movie, and then they turn it on. They're like, "No shit, they can see us. We're fucked." What? What was the point <laughs> of this whole movie? Because they did not know what active stealth meant either, so they couldn't come through on that promise. So it turns out that then they have to rely on other jet planes to come save them. <laughs> they're like, "Oh great, the Navy's coming. Come help us!" And then we get more stock footage. It's so stupid because obviously they didn't have stock footage of the stealth bomber fighting. So they had to include stock footage of them getting rescued. I mean, it would have been more interesting to me if they're like, oh, yeah, it worked. We're stealthy. So we could just fly away. That would have been more interesting to me than them saying it didn't work and having a boring shootout. It didn't work. They had to call AAA. (laughs) So they get rescued from this dogfight. Then they decide to fly over to Salvatore's compound where he's still there with his wife, who, not a character, she's just a lady. And then they blow up his entire house, which definitely feels more like revenge than a military tactic. Yeah, now it's just murder. Right. Um, And also it's comical because they shoot a missile at his villa and Salvatore and his wife clutch each other like the Emperor and Dark Helmet in Spaceballs <laughs> as they explode. <laughs> yeah, it's and the explosion, of course, the you know, there, there's a series of controlled explosions throughout the entire compound that one missile would not do. They, I mean, all of these people would be would be discharged from the military for these actions. Oh, yeah, there would be there would be a whole like court thing about this they're also i mean we don't have to talk about this but at one point reynolds says that they're part of a branch of the military that doesn't exist so he's implying they're like black ops but they're not they're the army rangers that's not black ops their branch too is called like c team like that doesn't even sound threatening (laughs) there's there's a and b team were better at this job probably (laughs) so yeah they, they they exact their revenge um, our next scene is at a hangar. I'm assuming it's back at back stateside, and Reynolds is like setting up a podium. The uh, press is coming. He's gonna make a big announcement about how they, I don't know, killed this drug lord in cold blood. I don't know. <laughs> but Murphy comes over to him, and Reynolds says, "Oh, it's great. You know, everyone's gonna be here soon." And Murphy says, "I know. I know that you were a traitor." Reynolds doesn't really deny it, and then offers Murphy a job to be a traitor with him. So. <laughs> To who, though? They just killed the guy he was a traitor with. Yeah, I guess he's going to take over the drug operation. I don't know. Murphy says, no, I've already told everyone about it. You can't do anything. Which, it feels like he would have been arrested before this reveal. You know what I mean? No, just big dramatic buildup. I also don't know how he can prove any of these allegations. This is where I I wrote here, when did Fred Williamson become a bad guy? That's because I checked out. Kramer. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, he gets... Uh, he gets arrested, and then uh, our movie ends. No, we found out that the only other female uh, lead in this film, who hasn't spoken most of the movie, the uh, some random soldier, has been studying him this entire time, waiting for him to mess up. Right. So this is the woman character who was looking disapprovingly when the guys were making like dick jokes before. Yeah. She now finally speaks, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I've been watching you for months. I got a to- whole bunch of evidence." Well, why did you let him plan this whole illegal operation then? So Reynolds is turned in, and then Murphy and his wife kidnap the kid and go home. The end. Yep, they get to keep a child that's not theirs. That's correct. They do face waterfalls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another tie into uh, to Nick Cage. That's right. Inconceivable. Yeah. We, we, this is this has been a, a full a synergistic episode. <laughs> 
Ignorance is bliss. And now, Kramer, it is time for Ignorance is Bliss, which is the segment of the show where we ask people to tell us about these movies, but they don't get to know anything about it except the title and the name of the wrestler. So there are two entries I want to highlight. One, of course, is my father's. We'll get to him in a minute. But we also got a submission from Paul, and here's what he wrote. I'm seeing the name Funk combined with Active Stealth, and all I can think about is that this is a movie about a new type of deodorant to rival Right Guard. Okay, I could see that film. It would probably star Yahoo Serious. Uh, I mean, honestly, it might star Daniel Baldwin as well. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it. Active stealth, right guard, funk. And you got you got smell stuck in his head. So sure, Paul, why not? You know, whatever. <laughs> and now it's time to hear what my father thought active stealth was about. Uh, so Kramer, why don't we listen together and then get your thoughts afterwards? Hey, Dad. Hello, Chris. So today's movie is called Active Stealth, and it stars the wrestler Terry Funk. What do you think Active Stealth could be about? Active Stealth. And what comes to mind is stealth. Is that the... I'm actually going towards an action movie. Okay. And uh, stealth is, you know, the moves that this, this individual <laughs> could make. What about stealth makes you think it's an action movie? Well, stealth in itself is is means action. Am I correct? <laughs> well, stealth more means agility. No, it means doing things without detection. Okay, right. Well, that's what I mean. So, yeah. So, in other words, that I'm going in those lines. Okay. The, the name of the movie is Active Stealth. So, what do you think the active part of the title could refer to? Some kind of espionage. Okay. The wrestler in this movie is called Terry Funk. What do you think he's doing in active stealth? Hmm. Uh, he's he's not a main character. He's one of the main characters, but he's not the main character. I think they're they're part of a espionage team. And Terry Funk is part of this team. <laughs> yes. Um. So, so you think this is is kind of like a spy movie? Is what type of spy movie is it? Is it a drama? Is it a a parody of one? No, it's 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 a drama, and it's uh, you know it's. I would say it involves like uh, you know uh, espionage with terrorists. Do you think this is a more recent film, or do you think this is an older movie? I would say more recent. Okay. Do Do you know um, Do you know a lot about stealth technology and its <laughs> applications, or not really? Well, you know, you got the stealth bomber, which you know means it's uh, it's it's pretty much undetectable. Right. And, you know, it, it could uh, easily maneuver in and out of situations. Right. So so in, the, in keeping that in mind, do you think the concept of active stealth, which is the name of this movie, refers to the people or is it about a technology? I would say it's more about the people. <laughs> <laughs> so so he showed a, somewhat of a knowledge of what stealth bombing technology would be and then still pivots and says, nah, it's the people. <laughs> it's the people who are in action. Stealth action. <laughs> well, that's, this is much like uh, other times we've encountered my dad where he's, he kind of, you know, twists the definition of something, which, you know, is, is whatever. But then he'll, he'll say, right, that's what I meant. Which, even though it's the exact opposite of what he actually <laughs> had said. <laughs> but, you know, you know that that's, that's what I was saying, clearly. <laughs> 
Um, he also, you, you get to see how sort of uh, timid he is. I, I think this is, you know, sort of maybe post-traumatic stress from months and months ago when he was going through every movie and saying that the wrestler was the main character. So now he refuses to even go there. So every wrestler is one of the main characters, but not the main character. He, he has to make that clear. <laughs> He listen. He's not going to commit to that. You made him uncomfortable. You made him. You made him self conscious about his choices. Also, for the listeners keeping score at home, uh, in in ninety nine percent of all of these with my dad, his first instinct is to assume that the movie is about a military operation. That's his first instinct always. I know espionage was the uh, the hot word this time. Right. So there's finally a movie about a military operation, and he he, he won't say it. <laughs> Oh, Kramer, that was ignorance is bliss. And uh, now we're going to we're going to learn a little bit more about our thoughts on the movie in the three count. So, Kramer, first things first, this movie was made by Mark stars, a wrestler. Is this a wrestling movie? Well, it is not a wrestling movie. It does. uh it does mention wrestling, so, you know, that's kind of something. Uh, but this is, like, this feels like direct-to-video. It came out in 99. It feels like it could have been, like, early 90s, ac- vague action movie. Yeah, this feels like one of those, um, like, Saturday Night TNT action movies. Remember they used to have those? Uh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, or like, uh, what was it, Spikehead? Movies for guys. Right, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> So I agree. Not definitely not a, a wrestling movie. Is this a good movie, Kramer? No, in no way, shape, or form is this a good movie. It is, as I said earlier, possibly the most boring film we watched, and there is not enough stealth. No, no, there, there's a depressing amount of stealth in it. I agree with you that it's not a good movie. I will say though that it is probably not as bad as it could have been, and I just wish it it wasn't as boring. Like if the action was maybe just a touch more varied, and they trimmed like ten minutes from it. It probably would be, you know, something light enough that it would you could just kind of sit through it and it would be fine. It's it's just it just drags so much. That's the main problem with it. Yeah, it's no Snake Eater. I mean, yeah, but Snake, yeah, but Snake Eater has all that off the, off the wall stuff. Was that the name of that movie? Was it Snake Eater? It was Snake Eater Three. Dot dot dot. His law. Right. Okay. Yeah, but that had that. Yeah, that had all the off the wall stuff too. So that yeah, nowhere near as good as that. Definitely not. Kramer, where on the card are you booking this one? It's been a while, but this is one jobber-ass movie. Wow. Wow, that's huge. <laughs> this is a sub-10-second squash match. I need this to be over quick. I. It's funny you call it a sub-10-second squash match because it's actually incredibly long for what it is. <laughs> I am actually going to put this in the mid-card. Ooh, ew. Yeah, not because of quality, just because of the type of movie it is. It drags. It's uninteresting. This is a good cool the crowd down before you rev them back up for the the big stuff at the end. You have the legend in there. So this is like, I don't know, Batista coming back at WrestleMania and getting 30 minutes for some reason. <laughs> um so that that's where I'm going to put it. Not for quality. This this is this is probably a job or quality movie, but so Kramer, uh you were very confused by this movie. Uh, which I don't blame you. And that's because there were nine different double crosses at various times with the same character. (laughs) And we like to do something similar in our show. It's time for the swerve. (laughs) 
this is the swamp. So, Kramer, a few months back, I made a promise to you. And I don't know if you remember it, but I keep my promises. Okay? We watched a film called Empire State, which starred a Hemsworth brother. And I played a game with you called Which Hemsworth Was Which. And I promised you that if we ever did a Baldwin movie, <laughs> we would play Which Baldwin Is Which. So today's swerve is Which Baldwin Is Which. Ooh. There's so many to choose from. That's right. I will be highlighting the uh, one, one of the first families of, uh, of acting <laughs> somehow. <laughs> they're, they're the Von Erichs of acting. So we're going to be doing a series of trivia questions about the Baldwins. Are you ready, Kramer? I am always ready. Do you need to recap the Baldwin brothers' names by chance? It is Alex, Stephen, Billy, and Daniel. Am I correct? You are correct. Very good. Okay, first, this Baldwin is the head of a ministry that was featured in a film where its parishioners skateboard to show their faith. Ah, that is an easy one. That is Stephen Baldwin, star of Sliver. <laughs> That is Stephen Baldwin. He's not the star of Sliver, though. <laughs> I love that you were so confident that that the Sliver has the different Baldwin. I refuse to accept that answer. It was Stephen Baldwin's <laughs> penis I saw in that film. You did not. You actually saw William Baldwin's penis. Um, <laughs> as did I. As did everyone. Right. <laughs> yep. Sliver was a good mid nineties. I'm gonna erotic I'm gonna, thriller. Yeah, I'm gonna sneak watch this until my parents catch me. <laughs> Kramer, which Baldwin is the oldest? Oh God, that's a hard one. I want to say it's Alec. Is that your official answer? You're locking in. My fish. I'm locking in Alec Baldwin. That is correct. It is Alec. Which one is the youngest? I'm gonna say it is Stephen Baldwin. Yeah, that's a trick question because he, he's skateboarding, so he's got to be the youngest, right? Of course he is. That's always <laughs> the youngest. Hello, fellow youth. This Baldwin once played a boy named Jane. Name that Baldwin. Is this Billy Baldwin? It's not. This is a trick question. This is Adam Baldwin, who's not even related to the Baldwin brothers. Oh, that's cheating. That is cheating. <laughs> Adam Baldwin. Random Baldwins. Adam Baldwin was the star of our last film. I didn't even realize that. Oh, God. Everything is connected. That's right. We, we, are, we are a shared universe now. Of course, Adam Baldwin played uh, Jane Cobb in Firefly, which you should know. Uh, yeah, I've never, I don't even know if that's a real show. This Baldwin won a Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Screen Couple in 1995. Name that Baldwin. Is it Billy Baldwin? This is William Baldwin. You keep calling Billy. I don't think he goes by Billy, but anyway, <laughs> it's William Baldwin. William Baldwin. Baldwin. <laughs> he won it. Can you name the, any chance you can name the, the, other, the lady he was, he won with and the movie? Any chance? Was it Sharon Stone and Sliver? It was not. That's actually a solid guess. Uh, he <laughs> won it uh, with uh, Cindy Crawford for the movie Fair Game, another similar movie. Oh, is <laughs> that the one where, where, where in the middle of the action sequence, him and Cindy Crawford stop to have sex inside of a train car? That is correct. And then while having sex, she pulls a gun out and shoots some bad guys. Yeah, that's the only thing I remember from that movie. I don't know what that says about me. I remember as a kid feeling that William Baldwin should have been a bigger star. And it's probably because he was in all these vague, erotic movies. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you were watching as a kid. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> all these vague, erotic kid movies. <laughs> <laughs> this Baldwin was kicked off celebrity rehab with Dr. Drew for sending inappropriate text messages to a former pornographic actress who was also on the show. Name that Baldwin. All right. That Baldwin is Tom Sizemore. 
<laughs> it's not. Well, go ahead. Take another stab. All uh, right. If it's all uh, right, then Daniel Baldwin. It is the star of active stealth, Daniel Baldwin. Uh, Tom Sizemore feels like he should be a Baldwin. <laughs> and lastly, Kramer, this Baldwin has a Hannah Montana tattoo. What? This isn't a real question. Hannah Montana tattoo. Is it? I'm going back to Stephen. Is it Stephen Baldwin? It is Stephen Baldwin. I know my Baldwins. You do know your, well, you didn't know Adam. Uh, so the story behind this Hannah Montana tattoo is that, I, I l- listen, this is only what the internet tells me. I don't know if it's true, but apparently he wanted to guest star on the show, Hannah Montana, which I don't know why you would care that much about that, but he wanted to guest star and made a deal either with Miley Cyrus or the show that if he got a tattoo of it, they would let him guest star. So he got the tattoo, and then they didn't let him guest star anyway. That's the story as I understand it, which is crazy. But And then we found out he thought he was talking to people from uh, that show. It turns out it was just some kid on Reddit. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he apparently went to like a book signing and met her and showed her the tattoo, and she was like, what are you talking about? I don't know. Again, I don't know any Who of Who are you? Get away from me. Where is security? <laughs> and more synergy... Uh, Miley Cyrus, of course, used to be married to Leon Hemsworth, who is the f- the subject that this game was based on. It's all coming together, Kramer. <laughs> well, you did great. You know your Baldwin's better than I thought you were. In fact, the one thing you got most wrong was the question I didn't ask you, where you had the wrong starved sliver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think we've done the job for Active Stealth and the Baldwin's. Kramer, what are we doing next on our show? All right. Well, I have... A question for you. I need you to answer it for me. Okay. What's everybody want? <gasps> is it happening? Well, the, the well, the the answer is head. But w- <laughs> well, first of all, your answer is gross because what everybody <laughs> wants is a western film, Ooh. starring Al Snow. <laughs> we will be watching Calamity Jane's Revenge. Uh, so so this is great that I had Leaf Cassidy in our open. That was not this planned. Is- the most synergistic episode in the history of podcasting. That that, that is great. Uh, you did not you did not surprise me with this one because I've been thinking about picking Calamity Jane's Revenge for a while. But nonetheless, I am very excited that it's happening. I'm also very uh, excited w- that it's your episode and I don't have to follow it too closely. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Well, neither do I really. <laughs> well, this is going to be fantastic. I, I'm very excited that we're finally entering the uh, the Al Snowverse. <laughs> So that does it for us here until we cover uh, some some good old fashioned Western stuff. It's funny that the Terry Funk was not in the, the this Western and it's Al Snow. Al Snow feels like he would fit more in active stealth. Uh, yeah, well, we'll get into it. I, I, I did see some military work on his IMDb, so we'll get there. He's got a wild IMDb, man. Maybe in the winter we'll just do all snow episodes. Ooh, I like that's a That's a good tie in. I like that. We could probably it could be like, do that. Like when uh, the blizzard hit TGIF. <laughs> Um, until we cover Calamity Jane's Revenge you can subscribe to us wherever you're listening now Um, you can follow us on Instagram at movie.marks we will be posting the bad guy from this movie and a side by side picture with the oldest son in the Brady Bunch because they look the same who look nothing alike we're on Twitter at movie underscore marks if you have suggestions for movies we should cover 
you want to make fun of us, you want to tell us what you think Calamity Jane's Revenge is about, you can email us at themoviemarks at gmail.com. And of course, we are actively seeking corporate sponsorship of any kind for this one. I mean, we could probably... I mean, we could probably get Fred Olin Ray on. I'm sure he's one of those guys who loves to talk about his work. I'm sure he's one of those guys. You know what? This isn't out of the question because he's a mark, too. He might be willing to do this. Yeah, that's that's you know, that's true. That's not even really a sponsorship. I was begging for sponsors. Now we're just begging for guests. This is confusing. I mean, if you want to be a guest, sure, you have to pay us first, but sure. <laughs> that's how that works. <laughs> it does now. <laughs> Un- until next time, I'm Chris Sacco. I'm Chris Kramer. And we're the Movie Marks. Tell me something, Morgan. Why is it you're so loyal to me? This isn't your country, and it isn't your cause. Your checks don't bounce. It isn't the money. You thrive on this kind of action. It's what I'm good at. I don't know anything else. How do you sleep at night, Salvatore? <laughs>